Get ready to enjoy an earful of auditory indulgence as you explore Tom Moon's book, 1,000 Recordings to Hear Before You Die, presented in cooperation with Workman Publishing. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 1,000 Recordings podcast. Uh, this is your host, Anthony Joseph Landman, and with me, as always, is the industrious Mitchell Davis. What's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Going good, man. It's, it's getting cold here in Indiana. And I don't like cold. Like I've said on the, on the show before, I'm from Houston, where you currently are. <laughs> but we were talking before, and at least I don't have to deal with mosquitoes. So. Yeah, it is a war with mosquitoes in Houston, Texas right now, especially in the shade and at night. At night, it's, it's just on. They, they're, they're just terrible right now. And I, and I, I thought, you know, with the, the way it has been here in Texas, we haven't gotten much rain this year. You know, well, well, we'll get a break from mosquitoes, and I was wrong. They are, they are back, and they're, they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay inside, man. Stay inside. Oh, yeah. and listen to music. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we've got five new albums to cover this week. The first one we're going to go through is Erica Badu, her album Mama's Gun. Then we're going to look at Joan Baez, Joan Baez, and then Anita Baker, Rapture. Uh, Chet Baker, Let's Get Lost, The Best of Chet Baker Sings. And finally, the Balfa Brothers play traditional Cajun music. Um, those are our albums this week. And let's just start with uh, Erica Badu, her album Mama's Gun, released in 2000. And, I, you know, I think, um, uh, I don't know. What, what do you think of this album? I was going to say something, but I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing about Mama's Gun that, that that comes to my mind first is 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 definitely different from Baduism, which I I imagine is is Erica's biggest selling album and probably her most popular album. But but this album it, it has a I guess a more organic feel to it, where you you have an actual you know band together that plays throughout most of that record. Um, um, Amir Questlove, I think, does a lot of a lot of production and arrangement, um, as well as late JD, and they they all kind of had like a little crew uh, or group, if you will, called the Soul Quarians, um, which is like a mix of of people, you know, singers, rappers, musicians. Uh, it, there was uh, Common, the rapper Common, Most Def, uh, D'Angelo. Um, uh, JD or James, I think Poizier is his last name, who who passed away uh, a couple of years ago. You know, a great beat maker, you know, hip hop producer. Um, Quest Love from the Roots, you know, just a, a, a variety of people that kind of, you know, were in that mix. Uh, Talib Kweli, who's a, you know, famous MC. Uh, some people probably, you know, know of him, but it, it just has a, a different feel where, um, you know, they there's 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 more spontaneity and 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 an interaction between you know Badu and and the musicians and um I I don't like this record as much as by I like Baduism but it is a very good record um and uh just just great songs uh great mix of uh a variety of style of songs you know yeah so you kind of think that uh Tom Moon maybe should have picked Baduism instead well, of this one I, you know, initially I kind of thought that, 
But because mo most people know Baiduism pretty well, but but don't know this record as well, it, it probably is is a better choice um, in in a, in some ways. Uh, there's a song on this album that that I mean we we're not playing this week, but it, it was called Bag Lady. That was a, the biggest hit off of this record, and the, there was a remix of that song that pretty much got most of the airplay. The the one that you hear on the album is is not the remix that got played on the radio. Um, so in in a, in a way, you know that that's a little bit of a disappointment, but but so yeah. much of the other stuff on the record is 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 so good. I mean, you know, that's an interesting phenomenon um, because we ran into that a couple of weeks ago with Arrested Development. Yeah, you know, and is that something that because I don't really uh, remember hearing that much on a lot of rock records or or anything else. But is that something that happens a lot on you know R and B records or rap? Yeah, R and B and rap. I mean, the 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 thing that um, uh, Sean Diddy Combs said this one time. He said, "Don't don't ever release your hottest track first. You know, and I I took from that what what he himself has done quite a bit is is have a a mix of the track on an album that's not as good, and then drop a remix maybe a month or two later. That's it's it's awesome, and then it it just draws more attention, you know, to the artist, and sometimes even the label, if if it's hot enough, they'll just reissue the record and put the remix on, which they may have done that with Mama's Gun. I know the original copy I had, it, it did not have the remix on it, but they they may have since reissued it and and put it on it, which is it's usually the way that works, you know. They, you know, after the fact, will will slap the remix on just to help sales or whatever because they yeah you know they'll have a single come out the single will be out for a little while and then they'll they'll pull the single from circulation i mean it you know for most retailers i mean and i and that's obviously different now with you know data downloads i mean you can almost find you know whatever on the internet so uh but yeah that i see that happen quite a bit even now you know that's you know here's the remix of you know so and so so yeah yeah so um, we're going to start with AD two thousand, right? Yeah, that that's a song that um, I I believe Erica Badu collaborated with uh, with uh, Betty Wright, who's a great R and B singer. I mean, most people probably know Betty Wright for Clean Up Woman and uh, Tonight Is a Night. Um, she has like one of the better live albums I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Betty Wright Live is it's a great record. If, if you never, never heard that record, you need to listen to Bay Wright live is, um, okay, cool. I haven't. So I'll yeah, check it out. pretty, pretty good record. And that, and it was just one of those things that she collaborates on her, on her record with her. And it, it's not like she has a, uh, a role in on the song where, where she does like lead vocals. I think she has some background vocals and plays guitar. If, if I remember correctly, I, I might be wrong, but, uh, it, it, I love that song. It's it's just a really, you know, mellow sound. Uh, you know, I, I think the the, the lyrics kind of, you know, lean towards uh, Erica Badu, kind of stating that you know she she'll kind of go away as as her fame fades and and you know the, I think the the line is they won't be naming any buildings after me. Um, you know, like you see schools and courthouses with you know. You know different people's names on them. She she says she's not going to get that, but 
this is a song, I mean, outside of the, the hit song on that, on that album, the, it was the first song that grabbed me when I first listened to this record. And I was like, man, that, that sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great song and it's got a kind of cool vibe with the acoustic guitar and stuff on it. And yeah, yeah, yeah the synthesizer hook and kind of in the middle. I, I love that too. Um, yeah, it's just a really cool song. All right. Well, let's check it out. Uh, this is AD2000 by Erica Badu from her album Mama's Gun. No, you won't be naming no buildings after me. My name will be stated surely. by Erica Badu and we're going to move on to her song Green Eyes and this is one of my favorite songs on the album um, and I actually did I, I kind of discovered Erica Badu late I guess um, I didn't discover her until the album after this one um, and the the way I discovered her was uh, <laughs> from watching the Chappelle show <laughs> so cool. Yeah, so you know he had uh, one of the coolest things about that show, uh, the show that Dave Chappelle uh, used to have on Comedy Central, was he would have all these great musical artists on the show, on, yeah. on every show. And uh, one time he had Erica Badu on, and um, you know she did a live performance, and man, I was I was blown away by it, and, oh, and yeah. I, I immediately went out and bought that album and this album, and. Uh, yeah, so so Green Eyes was uh, one of the ones I was really. I just thought this song was so cool. It's really long. It's about ten minutes on the album. Yeah, and uh, lyrically, it kind of you know it's kind of a breakup song, but it kind of goes from uh, it's this kind of slow journey from denial to acceptance. Where in the beginning she's just kind of like, uh, I don't care about this dude. 
whatever, you know, and then slowly throughout the song, she sort of admits to herself that she still has feelings for this person and wants him back. Yeah. And uh, musically, man, it's so cool. I think how it unfolds. I mean, it starts off. uh, It sounds like this almost kind of 1920s jazz group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she's she's singing that in that style. The musicians are playing in that style, and then the recording is manipulated to sound like some old scratchy record. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it uh, makes this transition to an almost uh, I don't know fifties or sixties jazz combo. Yeah, with you know upright bass and um, and that's kind of what it sounds like. And then it moves to an almost almost nineteen eighties R and B, almost like kind of like the Anita Baker that we're going to hear in a minute. And then it ends with almost like a modern take. So it's almost like this history of R&B kind of Where in time this song. travels, yep. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. What do you think of this one? Yeah, again, the 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 whole Soul Quarians influence where they they take a very organic approach to you know, making that song and 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 how she interacts with them, uh, 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 the rapper she was involved with for a long time, uh, Common, who was who was Common Sense for a minute, and he's Common now. I mean, some people probably seen him in some movies and and, and know of him, you know, rapping. Uh, he had an album called uh, Like Water for Chocolate, uh, which um, had a song on it called The Light, which Erica Badu is is in that video. They were, you know, they were dating however you want to look at it at the time, you know, and um, a lot of that album sounds a lot like that song where, you know, you, you can kind of hear like a grainy, you know, almost like a record playing sounding to it. And also too something about that song that, that uh, people have brought up about Erica Badu before is that she almost evokes the spirit of Billie Holiday. And I hear that in that song a lot, you know, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. She's, Erica's just one of those those ladies. She's she's definitely a a great artist, a great performer. You know, a lot of people have misunderstood some of her her actions and things she's done. I mean, you know, you know, different relationships and you know, baby mama drama, for lack of a better way of saying it. I mean, Erica has a, a son with uh, Andre Three Thousand from Outkast. You know, a lot of people know that there was you know different things said here and there and, and songs that they had released like uh uh tyrone which is on erica's live album you know a lot of people thought for sure that that song was about andre 3000 you know and then you know andre's miss jackson um that song that 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 they did or outcast did that pr- people were pretty sure that that was about erica you know but you know who knows you know it's just you know, all speculation, but, <laughs> yeah. but either way, you know, Erica is just definitely, she's, she's different. I mean, she's, she's not your typical anything like the, I don't know if you, you heard about the, the video she done um, a little while back. She shot in Dallas where she basically walks down the street and strips naked in the video. <laughs> no. And this is, this is something that happened uh, earlier this year. And, um, but I you think, know, it, I think I hear like with, People out in the street, you know, families with young kids. Erica walks down the street with a guy shooting a video and 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 totally, I mean, disrobes where she is, you know, completely naked and, you know, got into some trouble for that. I, I think she might have uh, got off of like a like a ticket and um, 
think deferred uh, I'm, I'm trying to say it. deferred d- 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she didn't go to jail in other words yeah um, yeah yeah um, but, uh, yeah I think um, I think I he- I just heard like the future mouse clicking of a bunch of our listeners going to YouTube right when you were yeah. describing that <laughs> but, uh, um, she uh, she's she's definitely uh she's special that that's for sure i've I've seen her here in houston uh once i saw her live at going back to rockefellers we talked to rob rockefellers before uh it was just awesome show um the the live album that she does was basically the the set that she did here in houston and um just amazing performer uh very very great great live show um but anyway yeah, she. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's like I said. I mean, uh, I mean, I've never seen her live. I would have loved to have seen her live, but that's what made me run out and buy her albums. Was her the live the performance I saw? You know, on the show was a live performance, and I was just blown away by how how good they were live. I mean, and I have to give, um, you know, I have to mention her band too because she was great, but her band was was great. Too. Yeah, I mean they're just you know the the whole package was just awesome. Yeah, yeah, she she definitely will 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 get involved in that process where you know she she wants to hear a certain sound and, and again, you know, just a great artist. You know, not someone who just just wants to put out whatever. I mean, you know, I, as far as I can tell, most of her her records have have been very solid. You know, and um, you know, I, I I I haven't seen her live in a while. It's been been you know, quite a few years, but I mean, just definitely a, a show that you want to see live uh, if you get the chance. Uh, great, great live act. Yeah, yeah, and uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, listen to Green Eyes. And one thing I wanted to mention this this is another example of one of those songs where we're going to play a minute and a half excerpt for you guys. But this is another example of one of those songs where you you really have to listen to it from beginning to end to really yeah. It's just the tip of the iceberg. To really get it, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, this is Green Eyes by Erica Badu. Thank you. 
And we heard Green Eyes from Erica Badu from her 2000 release, Mama's Gun. And we're going to move on to Joan Baez, her debut album, self-titled debut album, uh, released in 1960. Uh, I actually was surprised. Uh, I mean, of course, I've, I've heard of Joan Baez and heard some of her music. But this is, uh, it's earlier than I thought. You know, 1960. I, I thought maybe she came out in maybe the mid-60s or something. But it was released in 1960. Um, and uh, what do you think of this album or Joan Baez in general? Well, just she's just one of those people that was at the very beginning of, of kind of what I guess the folk music folk movement was in the very early sixties, maybe even late fifties um, with the, the Guthrie's and Bob Dylan and um, you know, a variety of folk artists that, you know, came up, you know, kind of even, you know, you know, during the, the civil rights movement. Cause that's, when I when I think of a lot of folk music, that's one of the things that comes to my mind almost immediately. Um, is is folk singers that you know were you know helping with protests and marches and you know different aspects of of, of that culture. Um, I, I love hearing her sing and hearing her play. I mean, you know, some of the stuff I I, I had never heard before. I, I I've heard some of her, you know stuff past that but this is some of the earlier stuff I'm I'm not as familiar with and just a just a very beautiful melodic voice you know great mellow guitar playing I mean you know just very easy to to like for me anyway yeah I mean definitely her her voice is it is really beautiful and it's really kind of has this I don't know kind of silvery pure sound you know what I mean kind of yeah just yeah um Let's and let's just hear the first track and then we can sort of get into it. Okay. Um so I'm going to play I know you writer. Um so yeah, let's just check this out. This is I know you writer by Joan Baez. <laughs> just heard i know you writer uh from joan baez's 
initial uh, 1960 album, self-titled album. And uh, we're going to... The next track we're going to play is um, East Virginia. So all this stuff is really traditional folk music, you know, traditional American folk music. Um, and this folk music revival in the, like you said, Mitch, in the late 50s, early 60s, uh, was really kind of came from what Woody Guthrie did. Um, and uh, oh, what's the other dude's name? It left my mind. Um we talked about him. What? Yeah, and I'm going through the same thing. That what what's funny is the one one thing that keeps coming to my mind is a, a film Martin Scorsese did about uh, Bob Dylan called No Direction Home. And um, there, I mean, it's a very long documentary, and, and they they talk extensively with her uh, and and Bob Dylan. I mean, there's a lot of conversation, obviously, with Bob, but but Joan Baez is is featured a lot in this, and and. They just discuss, you know, coming up together as as friends and and probably more than friends, and um, you know what it was like being a folk sing- singer in in the early '60s, and um, you know it, it it's it's a great film to see if you if you've never seen it, even if you don't like Bob Dylan, you know it, it's it's an awesome view, and I mean Joan Baez is featured in this where she, I mean, like she said, she she talks about you know the the various marches and 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 you know bouncing ideas off of each other and uh it, it's 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 really good hmm. okay cool yeah and that was um uh the two i was talking about were pete seeger and woody guthrie there you go yeah um, and we uh yeah we listened to that album of the almanac singer so that was from the 1940s yeah. and uh then you know like you said um Bob Dylan and Joan Baez, among others, you know, were the part of this folk revival in the 1960s doing uh, all, a lot of the same kind of songs that uh, Pete Seeger and Woody Guthrie did back in the 40s, you know, reviving all these traditional songs and political songs and social, they were uh, socially conscious and all this stuff. But of course, you know, it had, is a new generation doing it all. So, you know, it had a new feel and a new. I don't know, new kind of zeal and <laughs> yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Every, um, every new generation's got got new twist on it. Yeah, I, I can't I can't remember. Can't believe I I couldn't remember Pete Seeger's name. It was I mean, like I said, I, I could see his face even. <laughs> it, yeah, I just, yeah, I, could, I, I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, this this song East Virginia. Um, I mean, musically, one of the things I think is really cool about the song is this con you know it's kind of cast in this minor mode for the most of it um and uh you know she sings it in that way uh uh, sort of um dirge like vocals and but but very beautiful at the same time and then the sort of the chorus kind of the chorus of the song sort of switches to major mode it's it's almost like really abrupt and unexpected change you know moving constantly between minor mode and a major mode but and she handles it with such delicacy and it, it it makes it really powerful um yeah yeah what do you think of this song uh just it just goes to show you her her skill and, and definitely in guitar playing i mean i think she's probably probably an underrated guitar player i mean i agree yeah you know just one of those people that like okay like aretha franklin most people think of aretha franklin queen of soul great singer 
but Aretha's a, a tremendous piano player. I mean, a lot of people don't know that. I mean, she's she's an incredible piano player. I mean, you know, just grew up learning how to play piano from a very young age, you know, played in church and in a father's church. And, you know, I think, you know, Joan Baez, because of the whole, you know, folk singer persona, I mean, people don't really look at her guitar playing and, and think of her as a great guitar player. But like you said, just listening to what she's doing on this song, you know, obviously she is. Yeah, obviously. And I think that one of the reasons why is that her guitar playing is so kind of understated, you know, and it, it really just it serves the music so well, but in order to kind of play this kind of accompaniment, finger style guitar and accompany yourself singing, I mean, that, that takes some skill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially on acoustic guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So let's check this out. This is East Virginia by Joan Baez. I could only be in some dark hollow where the sun refused to shine than to see you be another man's darling and to just heard east virginia by joan baez and we're going to move on to uh yeah we've got like three solo female singers so far on this all right yeah it's it's kind of kind of cool three kinda, good ones too. yeah th- <laughs> three really good ones um we're going to move on to anita baker her album rapture released in 1986 and uh, you know i didn't know the whole history behind this tom moon goes kind of into it in the book where he talks about the quiet storm radio format. Oh yeah. Oh, Did yeah. you know about that? Cause I mean, when obviously oh, sure. when this was going on, when all this was going on uh, and when, the, when this album was released, I was like 12 years old and you know, <laughs> it wasn't exactly staying up late listening to the quiet storm. Um, but apparently this was a, a radio format, a nightly yeah. radio format in the eighties that focused on music for lovers Right. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, here yeah. in Houston, 
uh, Magic 102, which is you know local radio station that plays R and B, uh, been on the air for forever. I mean, I, I I can remember 102 being around since I was a little kid. I mean, they they pretty much had Quiet Storm, you know, throughout. I, one guy that is a guy that does it now, uh, Marco Spoon, I think. One guy that used to do it, Rudy V, uh, who's not here in Houston anymore. He was like Quiet Storm legend, uh, especially during the time that this album came out. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that he's played quite a bit of Anita Baker during his day. And even now, I'm sure they they still play her. But, uh, yeah, Quiet Storm is, is a thing. It, it still is a thing. I mean, you know, where you'll hear Smokey Robinson and, you know, Marvin Gaye, uh, you know, anything romantic nowadays i guess even you know maxwell and maybe even erica badu you know i'm pretty sure you, you could hear some of her stuff on a quiet storm just uh you know anything that that gets you in a mellow mood late in the evenings you know whether you with your your significant other or whatever and you know yeah, candles yeah. and wine and that all that anyway and anita baker was you know one of the stars of this format i mean oh yeah oh yeah yeah, and we're going to start with this track, Sweet Love. Um, yeah, what I know you really like this album. so Yeah, it's, Rapture is just a great, great record throughout. I mean, there, it was difficult to pick a song from this album. There's so many good songs. It really is not a bad one. But uh, Sweet Love is, is just that song that introduced Anita Baker. For me, introduced her to the world. I mean, because some people kind of knew of her. But but this was the song that that brought her really to the forefront for a lot of folks that that may have never heard her before. And, and about the music on that album during the the 80s, I think R&B music as a whole kind of went through this phase where, you know, talking about the organic process that, that Erica Badu used for for Mama's Gun, a lot of R&B music kind of went away from from live instruments and there was a lot of drum machines and a lot of synthesizers and keyboards and i think a lot of soul music in the 80s lost its soul so to speak and this is just a great example of of that kind of revival if you will where you know she has an actual band that plays on this album a band that was very good you know who could play r&b but if you if you ever listen to Rapture, it could play also, you know, elements of jazz. And um, I think that was sorely missing. Maybe, uh, you know, another person, Sade, was was a really good example of, of that kind of turning yeah. back to, you know, music musicians playing the music rather than, you know, just a guy sitting in the studio with, you know, drum kit or drum machine and, and keyboards, which that that's fine, too. But I. I you can't just totally go away from from the actual music being played by, you know, you know, acoustic drums and, you know, electric bass and guitar and, and not necessarily just all synthesized. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this album are the bass lines. Yeah. They're so <laughs> they're so great. And, you know, that coupled with my, you know, the, one of the things I love about Anita Baker is just the way her voice sounds. She's got this. Um, kind of low 
I guess I'd say kind of sexy, alto. sultry alto. Yeah, it's yeah. It's she's she's one of the greatest altos you ever hear. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so great. Just just to listen to. I mean, I think I could listen to her sing through the phone book. I mean, she's got that. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It just yeah, got that right. great voice. Um, so yeah, let's just check this out to see what we're getting into. This is uh, the first track off of Anita Baker's Rapture. This is Sweet Love. We just heard Sweet Love by Anita Baker. And uh, we're going to move on to uh, the second track on the album, You Bring Me Joy. Uh, What do you think of this one? Um, I love this song, too. I mean, just like I said, it was very difficult to to pick just two songs from this album. I mean, you you have, you know, Been So Long and No One in the World and Same Old Love. I mean, it just this. This album just runs through where every song is good, but but you bring me joy was was just one of those songs that you know Anita Baker could have had one hit with Sweet Love, a big hit, and just kind of you know faded into obscurity. But then this song comes out and people start hearing it on the radio, and it, it seemed like it was almost a bigger hit than than Sweet Love was, you know, and and maybe unexpected for for from her point of view because i'm sure i mean when they're making the album they they think everything sounds good but but she i think she may have even been surprised by the popularity of this song um you know i i saw anita baker here in in houston once um where she opened for for frankie beverly and maze and and this song got got some of the 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 biggest applause i mean i mean it was amazing you know she was like, man, y'all like that. And people were like, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, man, people love that song. And they do, you know, and it's, it's just one of those songs. That it just reminds you of what it, it's like to be in love with somebody where just nothing bothers you almost, you know, especially when the, when the love is new and it's fresh and, and you're just knee deep in it. And, you know, your, your, your house could burn down. It's like, you know what, man, <laughs> if, if I'm with this person, 
I, it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, you know, you it's know, that kind of joy. You know, that that's what this song reminds me of. And you know what? It's not like I want my house to burn down. But, <laughs> you know, when, when you're really, really in in, in a, a sweet kind of love, you know, this this is just a great example of, of what that's like, this, this song, to me anyway. Yeah. And just one thing I wanted to mention, you know, I noticed a, an interesting pattern in these songs as to how they're sort of constructed and how she sings the songs. So, uh, generally I found that, um, you know, she starts out kind of low, kind of slow, kind of easy. And then as the song progresses, you know, her voice slowly, slowly gets higher and higher until you get to where about the 80% mark, uh, you know, she's like way up in a range and her voice is like a really gets really, really busy. And then mm-hmm. it, it kind of comes down real fast at the end. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the band always gets some. I mean, this is, <laughs> I this is one of those you know, albums where it's patterned after, but you know, yeah, <laughs> the, the band always, they always get, they always get a, you know, a section where they just get the groove, you know? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. Did I, did I talk over what you said? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. So, um, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about you bring me joy or? Um, no, just like I said, just, just that was just a fun period. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I, I look back at that record as as being, you know, pivotal for, for R and B and and soul music at at that time where I think her influence was was well needed you know like i said there there was a lot of a lot of music out at that time that you know there was no feeling to it i mean not like this you know and um you know i I get so much emotion from you know the the lion's share of the records or the songs on this record you know and uh just i i'm grateful that that she's still kind of around playing music not like she was um and uh, trying to tour and whatnot, you know, I, I would love to see Anita Baker again live. It's been so long since I've, I've seen her. Just, you know, just a, I think she's a just a great talent. Yeah. Well, do you want to introduce this one? Yeah. Um, uh, this is You Bring Me Joy by Anita Baker. You 
just heard you bring me joy by anita baker and uh what what do we have next uh next we have chet baker and um i had never heard chet baker before i listened to this album for the show have you wow really never yeah never um and you know we've got some great singers this week on the show Uh, yeah and they're all kind of have these voices that can melt you in, in one some way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's like Chip Baker's like silk. I mean, just yeah. singer and, and trumpet player, which is that he he was just two fisted terror where he he could play and, and he could sing. I, you know, the, the first person that, that I think about nowadays that that reminds me a little bit of him, not a lot, but. Uh, uh, Harry Connick Jr. He's just one of those guys that, you know, he can not only play piano, but but he sang, and and, and I guess wasn't bad looking, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think Chet Baker was was kind of in that same vein where you know he you know he could make ladies swoon, you know, with his voice, and he could play, you know, and then he just he just had that stage presence where he just looked great, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna start with uh, his version of "My Funny Valentine," which yeah, you know really is a is a standard, you know, played by uh, many many jazz musicians. But yeah, his version, man, I was just—it's so awesome. I love this version yeah. of this song. You know, his his voice almost has, you know, a, a modern pop quality to it. Almost like it would be right at home on on pop radio. Or jazz radio, or any anything now, like right now, mm-hmm. his voice to me doesn't sound like uh, a dated. It doesn't sound dated somehow at all. I don't, at yeah, all. very smooth. That's the one thing I keep thinking about when I hear him sing. This is smooth, like silk, like velvet, like this, just flawless. And I mean, the way he projects his voice. I mean, it. You know, he he's got so much music too that uh that is like that and um you know he's just a just a tremendous body of work um you know yeah he 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 just has that just that style and and, and grace about him you know like you said it it does not sound dated one bit it sounds like something that could have been recorded you know just today yeah and uh you know i heard two different versions of this my funny valentine when i was going through uh, his tracks, you know, I heard the version that's on this album, this album, um, which uh, I'm not sure I said what it was. This album uh, is called <laughs> Let's Get Lost, The Best of Chet Baker Sings. And this album was actually released in 1989. It's kind of a compilation, but all these tracks were recorded in the 50s. And mm. uh, I heard a an instrumental version of My Funny Valentine and then the version that's on here where he actually sings the tune. And 
both different uh, versions are slightly different, but they're both equally as good. I mean, his trumpet playing is somehow really similar to his singing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he even says, there's a quote in the book, he even says, um, if I hadn't been a trumpet player, I don't know if I would have uh, arrived at singing that way. I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. So um, his trumpet playing, you know, informed his singing. And I think, you know, his singing informed his trumpet playing too. Um, so, yeah, anything you want to say about this before we play it? Oh, no, that's, you, let's just go ahead and hear the track. I love it. All right, so this is My Funny Valentine by Chet Baker. My funny valentine Sweet comic valentine You make me smile with my Your looks are laughable Unphotographable Yet you're my favorite work of art Is your figure than Greek Is your mouth a little weak When you open it to speak Are you smart? And we just heard My Funny Valentine by Chet Baker and we're going to move on to his song but not for me. And this is, uh, you know, kind of in the same vein, but more up-tempo, definitely, than uh, his My Funny Valentine. It's got the kind of, you know, 1950s cool jazz walking bass and, um, you know, kind of up-tempo swinging kind of tune. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, what would you think of this one? Loved it, too. Just uh, uh, a great interpreter. I mean, he could just take jazz standards like like this song is is another song that's been done by so many people but but put his own thumbprint on it and and almost make it his you know like like my funny valentine that's just a song that's that's been done by so many people but when he does it no one's done it quite like him and um you know that that's what i take from this song too you know just just a just a great way of of presenting the song and in his own fashion, uh, really nice, really melodic. Just you know, he, he's just one of those guys that seems it seems hard for him to do anything wrong. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you said that. I mean, that was one of the things also that I really loved about this album. These songs is you know, yeah, they're they're just so distinctive and yeah. and personal to him. So yeah, um, let's let's just go ahead and. And check this out. This is But Not For Me by Chet Baker. (laughs) 
They're writing songs of love, but not for me. A lucky star's above, but not for me. With love to lead the way, I've found more clouds of gray than any Russian play could guarantee. I was a fool to fall and get that way. I hold a lesson, also lack a day. Although I can't dismiss the memory of her kiss, I guess she's not for me. just heard but not for me by chet baker and we're going to move on to our last album of the show the balfa brothers uh and this album is the balfa brothers play traditional cajun music released in 1975 um so this is uh one i think one of the first records to really come out to a wide audience that featured you know this really traditional cajun music that was being played in New Orleans and probably had been played in New Orleans for a really long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, these guys sort of brought it out to public attention and then subsequently caused a Cajun revival in the 70s and 80s and really spawned, you know, a lot of a lot of bands that that started coming out of uh, New Orleans in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of these guys? This is the first time I'd, I'd ever uh, been exposed to them. Uh, I, I'd known of some Cajun music, but but not of, of the Balfour Brothers. And I mean, uh, I, I definitely uh, enjoy the, the sound of it. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of Cajun music. And, and something that I thought about also, too, is um, in Louisiana, where you, you have, you know, a, a wide variety of, of musical styles. I, when I think about Cajun, I almost have to think about zydeco music which yeah same here they're they're really not the same you know some people will come in and and think that they are i mean you know when you when you first are introduced but but i when i think of cajun music you know i think more of a you know it has like a a, a country polka like sound um if you will uh definitely you know violin and and accordion and and almost uh I don't want to say waltz-like rhythm, um, but uh, or polka-like rhythm, I should say. And then, whereas Zydeco is 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 more kind of kind of blues in 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 polka. I don't know. There's there's polka in both. You know, if if you listen, it's 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 like a weird kind of offshoot of that. But um, you know, and then, and one of the things also too that I, I think about uh, there's a movie. That came out in the '80s called Southern Comfort. Um, okay, I didn't see that. It, it was a movie that it, it takes place in in Louisiana in swamps in Louisiana, and and there's a there's a scene in this movie where there's a, a band in a in a house that that's playing Cajun music. It was some of the first Cajun music I'd ever heard, and um, and it's it's a 
a great example. I mean, if, if you, I mean, the soundtrack is hard to probably hard to get, but it, it's a great example also too of some really good Cajun music. That was like the first time I'd ever heard anything, you know, vaguely Cajun. And, um, you know, it's definitely the, the, the music of the swamp, you know, the, the deep Louisiana swamp. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's, you know, that's one thing I noticed too about this when I heard it was I, I'm just like you, man, that when I, think of Cajun I think I think what I immediately think of is Zydeco Mm -hmm. and you're right you know and listening from to this album they're not the same no um the traditional Cajun music to me it sounded like um more like what I would think of as deep south you know music from maybe like Mississippi or uh or something like that but you know, sung in Creole, you know, uh, so all all this stuff is sung in Creole, which is, you know, basically the the local dialect of French. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's not, and it is not French. If, if you have people who speak French and you try to speak Creole to them, they will look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And you know, there's still people down there that speak, that really just speak Creole. I mean, I was down there, um, some years ago, visiting a friend of mine, and uh, he lives in Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay. And he took me to this local store, you know, it was just a, a little store. And the guy who ran it was this old guy. He was behind the counter, and the, he didn't speak English. Mm. He spoke Creole. That And, uh-huh. and you know, it's just really interesting that still to this day, there's people in this region that are speaking this language and they're not speaking English. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's just the, the way that region is where so much of it, I guess, is, I don't want to say cut off, but just isolated from outside influence. I mean, you know, um, it, it's just one of those things where they, they haven't changed and haven't had a reason to change. You know, it's just, that's just how, that's how they roll. Yeah. Yeah. And this music is, um, this is like sitting on the porch music. You know what I mean? It's just like (laughs) people sitting on the porch playing this music. Um, you know, great fiddle playing in this, uh, in this, in, well, on this, really on this whole album. Um, yeah. You know, some people like that. You you said, you said fiddle. I I said violin. It really is fiddle playing. You know, if you listen to the way the, the, the way it sounds, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, some people have asked me, you know, what's the difference between a violin and a fiddle? I mean, there's no physical difference. They're the same instrument. It's just style. You know, that's really mm-hmm. the only difference between violin playing and fiddle playing. But yeah, I would definitely categorize this as is more fiddle playing than than uh, violin playing. But um, yeah, let's just check this first. We're going to play this track called Madeline, and uh, we'll just check it out to uh, you know to see what it sounds like. All right. All right. So this is Madeline by the Balfour Brothers. Oh, my 
And we just heard Madeline by the Balfour Brothers. And we're going to move on to this track. And I know I'm going to totally destroy the pronunciation <laughs> of this. Um, it's tit. And that's like with a apostrophe in front of it. Um, Gallup poor mamor. I'm, I'm, I know I'm just murdered that pronunciation of that. But Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that too as... Uh, Mamu, I guess that's how you say that. I mean, yeah, that was that was probably a lot better than what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and we and I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Um, yeah, so like we said, it's it's all in Creole, so uh, we don't know what they're saying. But um, I think for me, the the vibe, just the vibe of this song, is uh, I guess a little closer to what I would think of Cajun, which of uh, like I said before, is Zydeco, which is is different, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, what what did you think of this song? Well, I I took a listen to it. I mean, it it, it it's um it seems a lot more the the it seems to have more of a of a slower rhythm, uh, a lot more laid back. Um, uh, but it, it definitely is, is is indicative of the same style, you know, where, you know, the it's, it's almost like the, the, the violin or the fiddle, I'm sorry, is, is the, the center of, of almost everything in, in the music. Um, and uh, I kind of think that most of the time, you know, you, you kind of have a, an element of, of blues also, too, that, that's in Cajun music. Um, you know, where, and again, I can't understand what he's saying, but when I listen to him sing, it's, it's, it's almost this song in, in particular is, it, it almost seemed mournful, um, at, at times, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just seeing something that, that I, I'm seeing and you're not, I'm not sure if, if I just see it, but, um, kind of solemn. Yeah. But, um. Uh, but but very nice. I mean, you know the the melody of it, and um, just uh, one of those things where I like I said the 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 violin or the fiddle playing is 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 just the 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 center of everything that's going on, and it, and everything kind of revolves around that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you know, if there's anybody out there that that knows Creole and can tell us what this is about, you know, send us an email. <laughs> Um, so let's check this out. I mean, why don't you introduce it since you can, you know, pronounce it better than I, I can. I, I think I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, the Balfour brothers, uh, with Tit Galapur Mamu. <laughs>
gigalo, gigalo pour maman. J'ai vendu mon jiwagon pour qu'un sou. J'ai acheté du cosy rouge pour les petits. Il y a de l'hiver pour la vieille. And you just heard the Balfour Brothers with Tit Gallop, Poor Mamou. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Yep, that's it. That's all we got. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, let's see. I, I guess I could do our uh, customary, uh, you know, if you want to email us, send an email to 1000recordingspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 1000RP. You can go to our website at 1000RP.blogspot.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and interact with us there and see some extra stuff that we post. Um, And also, uh, if you guys want to, leave us a review on iTunes. And that would help in our, it'll just help us help our visibility. And, you know, thanks to the people that have already done that and joined Facebook. We love you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, next week, do you know what's coming up next week? Yeah, um, Hank Ballard, who very, very influential in early, early rock and roll. I mean, some people know of Hank Ballard, but a lot of people may not know of uh, Hank Ballard and the Midnight of their, their influence. I mean, once you start kind of hearing some of their songs, you might might kind of come to, to grips with who he is. And then Africa Bambata, who... I cannot get enough of him. He is just like like the godfather of hip hop, just just full of so much wisdom, uh, still around, still making music. Um, you know, Planet Rock is just one of those songs. If if you ever liked hip hop music or breakdancing or anything, you, you've had to have heard Planet Rock. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think the oh, the, the band. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, band who, you know, Robbie Robertson, uh, Levon Helm played with Bob Dylan when Bob Dylan went electric and got booed by pretty <laughs> much all of England. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see what else. Uh, Samuel Barber, which you I'm I'm sure if you're you're more classically inclined than me, uh, you probably oh, yeah. can tell more about him. Yeah, you'll you'll when you hear this, you'll recognize it. They this this piece uh really came into public in the public eye or the public ear um they used it a bunch in the movie platoon in the 80s mm. yeah, i know you'll 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 recognize it as soon as you hear it but it's a really really powerful piece okay uh, for strings string orchestra and then um ray barreto i've never heard ray barreto have you yeah apparently yo salsa salsa Ooh. yeah Okay, awesome. You never get enough salsa. That'll be uh, interesting to listen to some salsa after Adagio <laughs> for strings, for sure. Um, and yet, if, if nothing else, you know, you guys should buy Tom Moon's book, 1000 Recordings to Hear Before You Die, just to see the picture of uh, Africa Bombada. <laughs> He's got some, some badass hair in this. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> this picture. Uh, so that's uh, what we're going to do next week. And until then, we'll see everybody later. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Have a good week. 